0: we are back it's good to see you it's wednesday midweek and we're doing this live as we try to do um a couple things real real quick if you are new you've stumbled upon this and you're going what in the world these are free lessons um and at this uh, channel you can also see our worship services stream live uh, on every sunday but then they are archived right here again free and also a monday morning series that has garnered thousands and thousands of views and uh, comments and even a book proposal. So all of that is right here for you and we're thrilled to have you. What we're doing now is going through the New Testament books in the order they were written. Not the order that things actually occurred, but the order in which the books were written. And I'll clear my throat every so often because there's about an inch and a half of pollen on everything in Tennessee. We are in 1 Thessalonians. We're going to take a look at chapters three and four, and uh, this can go rather quickly, frankly, because uh, Paul gets into a lot more meat in his later writings, but there are some really beautiful, sweet things here that I'd like to get into. Uh, The other announcement is this. I think uh, if you've been watching the worship or if you know me and you've been around, you know that uh, I plan to travel to find some of you on the road kind of like a Charles Kuralt, but with our Safe Harbor Church. Uh, when weather allows, I plan to be in the Slingshot, which is an open vehicle, and I prefer taking it, you know, 10 and 12 hour rides or nothing to me. So, uh, and then you're going far afield, as far as uh, finances, time, and weather allows. Now, the reason I keep saying weather, because people have asked. They'll say, what happens if it rains? Well, you get wet, because that's what physics does. But if it rains, more than moderately, the slingshot is not stable. And therefore I might say, I'm gonna be in this place. I may, I may have to tell you, I can't get there safely. And by the way, the physics of that, on a motorcycle, the first wheel cuts the water. And so the back wheel is in relatively better condition. It has less water to deal with. And the slingshot, the front two wheels, split the water but that drives a funnel back to the rear wheel which has almost no weight on it and so you can end up doing this very quickly and my wife for some reason is not quite done with me so when we announce that I'm going from here to there and anybody want to meet me on the way be aware that can change in a heartbeat all right fair enough first Thessalonians chapters three and four now brought this up last week that these are really poor chapter divisions. Man did the chapter divisions, not God. Chapter three really starts in chapter two, verse 17. We did look at that and we ended it with that very interesting bit where Paul said, I tried to get to you, but Satan blocked the way. And what I find most fascinating about that is he didn't have to explain it. He didn't have to say, now there's a real Satan, And there are times he can make real issues with real people on a real planet. Now, they they knew that. Think that sometimes we need just to be, just to remind ourselves that we're not alone in the universe and not everything out there likes us. We don't want to make what C.S. Lewis says are the two greatest mistakes to make concerning the devil. And one is um, to not believe he exists. Two is to believe he's everywhere doing everything. He is a fallen angel. He is no means the equal to God in any, any aspect of his character, his power, his ability to mess with us. Our God is greater. So doesn't mean, though, that we don't have enemy enemies along the road and whisperers in our ear. <clears throat> so that said, <clears throat> anybody I need pollen, we have pollen. Pollen. We're selling pollen. It's actually a buyer's market. Verse three, he, I'm he, he, um, chapter three, he's trying to get to them. He loves these people, it's obvious. He says, when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. We sent Timothy, who's our brother, <clears throat> co-worker in the faith. So Timothy had gotten through whatever this blockage is. Paul, in Athens, hasn't been able to get out and take that road yet. So he was, he was hurt. He was being persecuted, but in this early bed, he goes, um, "No one." Verse three, no one would be unsettled for these trials, because <clears throat> you quite well know we were destined for them. Let's talk about destiny. <clears throat> the um, I've heard people say, "I don't believe in luck." Well, I do. You know, if you um, throw a marble down a uh, sidewalk, there's, uh, there are certain possibilities about which way it'll go, which way it'll bounce. And I don't think God in his great throne in heaven made the decision that you throw the marble and exactly what marble and its revolutions per minute and where it's going to end up. Is God big enough, smart enough, capable enough to do all of that? Of course. Then why wouldn't he do it? Why would he? I don't think God <clears throat> is that concerned about these things. He's concerned about us. He, he loves you, but there is luck. There's randomness in the universe. Now, it's true that if you study chaos theory, <clears throat> it's fun, isn't it? If you do, it really is. Um, it's true that even in chaos theory, there are patterns to some of the chaos, but there can be luck. There can be chance. There can be all of those things. But what was Paul talking about? Was Paul born to be destined, I'll use the word predestined, to suffer at certain times in certain places? No, I'm not a Calvinist. Calvinist kills religion. The tulip, if you don't know what that is, it's all right. The tulip... That's just total depravity and that you have no power over uh, over anything. You just, <clears throat> God wants you alive, you're alive. God wants you dead, you're dead. God wants you saved, you're saved. God doesn't want you saved, you're not saved. No matter how much you want to be saved, can't be saved. I remember talking to a couple of people in Appalachia when I was a boy who had always wanted to go to church and always wanted to be a Christian, but they're Religion taught them that you had to have this spiritual encounter before you could be called a Christian, because that showed that God had chosen you to be a Christian. He had predestined you. If you didn't have that little supernatural encounter and blessing and event, you couldn't get in. One of these men was in his 60s, and he said he wanted to be a Christian so much as a boy, he would cry and cry and cry, pray and pray and pray for this, this event to occur. Never did. And so he lied, I don't know, he was 12 or 13, went forward and said, you know, God saw me on the road, we had this conversation. Everybody was very excited. And he served that church until he was in his 50s, 60s. He was even superintendent of their Bible school and did all kinds of stuff for the denomination. And finally, his, after 40, 50 years, he, he, he couldn't take it. And he went and he confessed that he'd made that up and they kicked him out. And his words to me, I, I couldn't have been more than 10. But I remember it. He said, when I told, I had to lie to get into that church. When I told the truth, they kicked me out. I, I sense a problem there. But moving along. So what's Paul talking about? It is called actions and consequences. Whenever I started doing, for example, the Who Told You That series on Monday, I was destined to get some very angry people on my case. I knew that went into it got it decided it was worth it and by the way it's not that bad don't feel sorry for me uh everything everything is fine I'm, I'm incredibly blessed i'm so happy to be here and happy to be there on the mondays too but i knew there was a cost years ago my father called me and told me that he didn't didn't want me to ever call him or see him again well Cause I had a, another relative that was continually feeding him. Did you see what Patrick said here? Did you, Patrick has left the faith. Patrick has turned, oh, I'm just really broken hearted about Patrick. You know, I really love Patrick. There's zero love there. Whenever you're dividing the family, this is not love, stop it. I mean, the Dominican priests that ran the inquisition as they rammed hot pokers into people and stretched them on the rack, claimed they did this out of love. No, no, we can check the fruit, that's not love, right? I knew, however, that preaching as I did and getting right back to the source material was gonna put me sideways with my father. So was I destined for it? I would say, yeah, action consequences. It's not what I wanted, but you could see it coming. By the way, we reconciled before he died. Um, that I think that's what Paul's talking about. He said, listen, we're putting ourselves out there saying, there is no God, but God and Jesus is Lord. And we're walking right by Roman, uh, the equivalent of billboards. And we're looking at money with the emperor's face on them. And they say that he is Lord. And all of the worship around here has to go through the emperor first as God and then the other. And Paul says, you know, you do, this. you teach what we teach, you're gonna get this. But that said, um, you know, in, in verse four, he goes, you, we kept telling you this is gonna happen. It turned out that way. And then I love this. And he uses this phrase a couple of times in his chapter, for this reason, when I could stand it no longer, I sent to find out about your faith. He wants to see are my good friends that we brought to, into the story of Jesus. Are they hanging in there? Cause it's really tough. Are they hanging in there? Yeah, you know, we have an online church. And people could easily back away and say, oh, we're not not—we're not gonna watch this week. Or we're not gonna worship by giving. And giving doesn't have to be to our church. It can be to a charity, to something else, but giving is an act of worship. But not this week, cause you know. Uh, and again, if you have uh, amazing bills rolling through and other tragedies, I'm not trying to throw guilt on you. We give as we've been prospered. There are some people in a situation where they're not prospering, and we get that. We really do. But again, it's easy to slip out of a virtual church. It's easy to slip out of a standing brick-and-mortar church. Are you aware that the number of people who claim allegiance to a church and who report regularly going to it, and by regular, they can mean once a month, and giving to it has dropped by half? in the last 20 years. Yeah. Brick and mortar churches are really in trouble. And then I got all these millions of dollars of loans to pay off. It's hurting. Paul doesn't want Thessalonica, Thessalonia, to, um, to suffer so much that they just start easing away from the Jesus story. So Timothy now comes, verse, verse six, good news about your faith and love he told us you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us just as we also long to see you. By the way, this is one of the most fun things and surprising things about a virtual church. I'm now in touch with far more people all over the world and the encouragement and they'll say, we met you here and I'll, I'll write back and I say, I remember whenever, the, and it's just these, these lines of um, fellowship and love, you know, I smile every day this is, this is fun. And he's going, they have pleasant memories of us. They think of us and they like us. And he goes, therefore brothers, in all of our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. For now, for now we really live since you are standing firm in the Lord. Let's talk about that. <clears throat> because that's a sweet thing to say. And it's also very profound. I cannot do what I do without friends reaching out, prayers, and all this other stuff. You know, offerings are way, they're there, but it's the big, you know, somebody walked in here and goes, I don't like you, don't care about you, there's a hundred thousand dollars. There'd be some good there, but man, would that not be Somebody who comes in and goes, you know, I remember when you drove across the state to baptize my kids or when you did this and the other, here's $25. That's sweet. By the way, this is not a request for donations. I'm trying to explain we are, we're wrapped in there because we love each other. We like each other. We appreciate each other. Your faith can keep me going. There have been many times and I've, I've never been uh, shy to tell churches this that there've been times during worship when a song hits and I'm not quite ready to say those words that, that day. I'm, I'm, I'm hurting a little bit. My faith has taken a kicking somehow and I will go quiet and then I hear the church singing and they, their faith gives me enough strength to get up and do my job. Here, we now really live because you are standing firm in the Lord. Truly, we are connected. And if I see you fall, it hurts all of us. And if I fall, it hurts all of us. So if you don't have any other motivation for living well today, live well for everybody else so that they see Jesus and they can keep standing. He goes, how, how can we thank God? He goes on, enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of God because of you. Night and day, we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. And then he gives them a beautiful blessing. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ clear the way for us to come to you. I'm doing a lot of that praying. Um, I was hoping to get down to Florida and back to uh, visit some of our Floridian, church it's a big state so we're not going to be able to do all of it um some family issues have popped up uh, with illness Uh, so if we can get that sorted out then i still make want to make that run i'm scheduled to go into texas into the um uh, there's a slingshot charity rally thing in the hill country but i'd like to go in a little bit early and then stay a bit later and visit clumps of christians i mean I can't drive 18 hours to visit a Christian somewhere, um, but I would love to. And if perhaps our church is grows in a certain way that I can do that, I can do it because I can preach by the side of the road. You know, I, this is automatic for me. I open up my refrigerator and the light comes on, I do five minutes. So I can do that. And as a virtual church, isn't it cool that nobody can shut us down, the bank cannot repossess a building this is, this is fun. Uh, gives them a blessing. And then verse four, as for other matters. Now that could be a cause of concern when Paul says, hey, good job. Now, as for other matters, it isn't here. We instructed you how to live in order to please God. As in fact, you are living. In other words, no, we told you how to live for God and you're doing great. Well. Uh, I'd like to have that information, wouldn't you? Because in my religion, and my youth, there's a long list of do's and don'ts and be and don't you dares. Uh, and, and it was, seemed to be an ever-evolving one. <laughs> and, um, and it was a struggle to keep up with it. And like I talk about on the Monday uh, messages, we were given patterns and the Bible has these patterns and you must follow the pattern. And then you read the Bible and it doesn't do that. So how... How are we supposed to be living here? He, he leads into it. He goes, you know what they were. Verse three, it's God's will that you should be sanctified. What does that mean? It's a, it's a religious word uh, to us now. Uh, it just means set apart. Listen, I like my shirt. It's, it's not a bad shirt at all. If I'm gonna change oil in my car, I'm not gonna wear this shirt. This shirt is set apart for other things. If I, um, uh, well, I can remember once when I was a single man and one of my sisters who's now uh, deceased came to visit me. And while I was working, she decided to put up pictures on my wall because as a, as a bachelor, I'd never considered that. And so my walls were just walls. To me, walls separated rooms. They served no other function. Uh, but she could put little nails in and put up the things. And I said, wow. That, that really, that's very, very nice. I really appreciate it. And I thought for a while and I said, I don't own a hammer. Um, by the way, don't be disappointed with me. I now own several. I'm no better at handyman stuff, but I, I have the tools with which to inflict more damage. But I said, I, I don't have a hammer. Well, I had an old cowboy style revolver. Um, and a little Big old horse thing that, you know, nothing concealed carry. This was just to go out and shoot targets. And had walnut grips. She'd found it. She'd used those. Bottom of the walnut grips were now pitted and torn up. Now, I didn't get really upset with her because, come on, she's trying to do something nice. And she did, she, she did something nice. There was a side effect. What am I saying? I had set apart the walnut grips to look pretty not to be hammered God sets us apart because don't don't run after the crowd on Twitter on Facebook on snapchat on Instagram it is so easy to sing to the echo chamber and to get all of our people around us and we like 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 us um, it's it's certainly great to have friends I mean Paul is absolutely thrilled to have friends but let's pull back a little bit and say all right now if everybody else is doing this, I, I might want to relook at it. just just taking precaution. That's all it is. Not being silly, just taking precaution. Let me rethink this. You might rethink it and find out what we're doing is great and we can join in the fun. But let's not be like everybody else, is what he's saying. Mainly to be sanctified, the, the quickest way I know of to be sanctified, of course we're sanctified by God through His spirit. Baptism plays an important part of that. But the daily sanctification is just thinking. Don't live your life in condition white, as Colonel Jeff Cooper would have put it, to where basically statics in your head. You're staring at your phone. You're walking around. You're unaware. Live an intentional life. Do not do random acts of kindness. Think about them and do them. Plan them and do them. Don't be random. Be a person, not a pinball. So, be sanctified. Now, what does that look like? Ah, you see now. You see. I see what you did there. You tried to trick me into making a pattern. It's what the devil does, and you didn't do that. We're playing. I hope you understand that. Um, the devil kind of you know. Well, well, here, here's an example. What if I were to say? Can we all agree? Everybody that's watching this now or later we get between four and 500 views of this, which thank you, and subscribe if you haven't, because that really encourages us. There's no cost. The numbers just encourage us. And yeah, I know about David and numbering, so we gotta be careful. Um, If we we all, here, just say, you know, starting your day with a half hour of prayer would be a really good thing. Can we all agree that would be a good thing? That'd be a very beneficial thing. Huh, okay. From now on, if you don't start your day with a half hour prayer, you don't love Jesus. It normally doesn't move that fast, but it kinda does. We find something good, and then we wanna bind it on everybody else. You know, if you're a young mother and you got twin kids, you're probably not gonna get a chance to pray quietly for a half hour. Um, Let's not put a burden on you. So you figure out how to be sanctified. And By the way, if you're raising kids, that's one of the most sanctified things I know and the hardest job and a very holy act. Well done. Um, Then avoid sexual immorality. Some of the earlier versions, I'm I'm sorry, not earlier. Some of the other versions, these manuscripts that we, we find over the years, say learn to live with your own life, Others say learn to acquire a wife. Uh, what 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 what's going on here? Don't use sex as entertainment, or as an attempt to find love through sex. It's a really ineffective way of finding love. Instead, pair up. Find somebody. Uh, my advice would be find somebody who loves Jesus more than you because there are gonna be times you're gonna need a, the other person, male or female, to be stronger than you. You can take turns down the road. But find somebody who loves Jesus. And then you make the covenant. And he's saying, let's just avoid the sexual immorality. Notice how kind he even says that. He doesn't say, you lust after somebody, you will burn forever in the pit of torture and they'll poke you. No, he says, let's let's avoid this is clean up our act, that each of you should learn to control your own body. That's, um, that's good. But he says, in a way that is holy and honorable. So don't be like the pagans. In fact, I'll even say that pagans will live in lust or in Paul's time, they were already starting this. Well, it'd been going on for a long time. Uh, there were the aesthetics, those that believed that because uh, the body is evil, to control the body, you had to punish the body. We just came through the Easter season, if you're watching this any time uh, near when it was posted. And there, were, uh, there always are people who have to reenact the cross, and they actually get nailed to crosses, and they're beating us with whips. Stop it. You don't hurt your body. Find a way to control your body. That is holy and honorable. And by the way, did you notice a qualifier in this? Control your own body. God did not make you an arbiter of what everybody else must do and what they mustn't do. No, it's not up for you to. <sighs> tisk, tisk. It's not up for you. Do I need a word with the manager? No, you don't have to be an arbiter of their behavior. We shop at a couple of grocery stores. <clears throat> One of them um, is really big on this click it thing where you can shop from home and then they'll, they'll just come and you know, then you come and they put it in your cart. Well, these poor people that are fulfilling these orders and these big carts, they got to they got move that their job is to get as many of these going as possible and you'd better not be late and all the other. So if you're walking in there shopping, these carts can be a hazard. They're just, you know, and, and you have to get around them. And the, the people getting the carts weren't trained in customer service. So they don't say, hey, you doing all right. Sorry, I ran over your kid." They don't do any of that. It'd be easy for me to get in a huff. Everybody has huffs. I carry mine with me as you do yours, and climb into my huff, and be all huffy about things. But no, I'm not the arbiter of how they behave. I control my own body. So I don't go <clears throat> and shove the cart back. Instead, smile, you're doing all right, son, and walk on. If it's a woman, I say, are you doing all right, ma'am? Because we're in the South. Ma'am's OK down here. <clears throat> uh, I'm told some people get offended by that. Do you think, do you think I'm old? Well, no, I think you're human. Just wanted to show some respect. Anyway, be be honorable. The Lord will punish all those who commit such sins. What, what, what sins? Hang on, hang on. on. Going back. Oh, don't be driven by lust. And no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister. The brothers or sisters here that was pretty revolutionary women all the way up and in in some ways in the current day but I listen all the way up through World War II um, and lesser after that but still happened. women were considered spoils of war they had no personhood they were raped they were killed They were, uh, there's nothing pretty. In fact, during Paul's time, they were in most places, landless, classless. Their only value was as caretakers at home and producers of children. Jesus didn't like that. God didn't like it. If you read the Old Testament properly, you, you see that. Jesus didn't like it. And so Paul here is saying, you don't mistreat a sister. Now, why would he put that right after passionate lust? Okay. Let's say that Bob and Mary are married, and Bob sees Lori over here. By the way, if there's a situation going right now with these names, I don't know about it. All right. And Bob and Lori kind of look over each other, and after a little while, Bob and Lori engage in sex or have an emotional affair. Whatever. It's not a fair, it's not a fling. What Bob has just done is he has hurt a sister, a daughter of God, Mary, but he has also hurt a sister, a daughter of God, Laurie. Why? Because even if Laurie was coming on to Bob, he allowed the misuse. We could also say the same for her. Don't mistreat each other. Don't use a person to satisfy your lust. They're a person. They're a daughter of God. They're a a son of God. Women aren't meat. They're not prey. They are people made by God for us to hear, listen, respect, admire, walk with humbly and honorably. And so he's saying, "Keep keep that in your mind. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. By the way, if you notice, there's nothing in here about how to worship or start a church. There are no descriptions of a complete worship service or even the term worship service in the New Testament. It's wanting us to live like Jesus. You like the stripes God's given me right now? The sun's out, love it. Uh, If anyone who rejects this instruction, you're not he says you're not rejecting me you're rejecting god the very god that gives you his holy spirit you don't want to do that brothers and sisters then he switches subject and this can be a little jarring um i do believe chapter five should start here but uh we're we're going to honor where that that old-time monk put it in there the the division chapter uh four verses 13 through 18 is all about the end of the world and Paul thought, as did everybody, that it was just around the corner on any second now. When I grew up, preachers were still saying that a lot. And I know they still say it some, and that many still believe it, and that so many people believe we live in the last days, as has every single generation since Jesus. And you're not special, um, just because you have all the fields. But he's gonna talk about what happens, because there's a real concern. What happened to all those people who dies, who died before Jesus comes back? He goes, we don't want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you don't grieve like the rest of mankind. Now, this passage always reminds me of the King James because it, it phrases it very different. I would not have you ignorant, brethren of the... Now, there weren't commas, and so a lot of, a lot of preachers, and a lot of times I've heard it read growing up, uh, people skipped over the commas anyway. And it was almost like, oh, wouldn't I wouldn't have you ignorant brethren. No, he's just saying, listen, I want, I want to keep you well informed. We don't want you to, to mourn like the rest of mankind who have no hope, you can still mourn. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive Who are left until the coming of the lord will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep for the lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of god and the dead in christ will rise first after that we who are still alive will and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the lord in the air and so we will be with the lord forever therefore encourage one another with these words Take a look at our time. We're over 30 minutes, so I'm only gonna do a little bit here, but you can always email me questions, patrick at oursafeharbor.com, patrick at oursafeharbor.com. You can also watch our services now on our website instead of having to go to YouTube. Uh, It is still YouTube, it's the same feed, but it's a website now at www.oursafeharbor.com. The, I read a story recently about medieval priests, priests in the, the 1300s, 1400s, that when they died they wanted to, uh, they wanted to be on the um, west side of the, uh, I'm sorry, on the east side of the cemetery cemetery, and be buried facing Jerusalem because they believed that Jesus was going to come somehow through Jerusalem and then redeem us in the clouds. It was a little, little uncertain, exactly. And the Bible isn't super clear on this, people. And to try to make it super clear, you've got to cherry pick verses in a lot of places and then put them together in a way that you that you enjoy. It's it's probably not going to look what we like we, what we think it's going to look like because physics is over. The world is over. Let's uh, let's let God run the show. All right. Anyway. They wanted to be buried there facing Jerusalem, but so that on the day of resurrection, when they come up out of the grave, they can turn and then watch all of the parishioners that he had died, the priest had died, ascending into heaven so he could shout encouragement to them and be encouraged by them when it his turn to rise. I love that picture. And evidently it was rather common, especially in, uh, in France, Uh, England not so much because England had its own religious switches in there but in Germany and and I just find that a sweet thing I don't know what it's gonna look like your bodies rising meeting their souls in the air is what Paul seems to indicate here and there was there was that tradition Um, I just tell you that he's trying to encourage them and I think he's doing a great job Do I think he's wrong on any of this? No, no. I just don't think we have the right words to describe what's gonna happen, but we know it's gonna be good because Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so, and it's him who's coming. Voice of the archangel, Uh, that's kinda cool, the trumpet call of God. Does God have a literal trumpet? No, but we understand what that means, right? The trumpet call of God, we use metaphor. We use allegory, we use synecdoche, we use hyperbole. We understand these things. Gonna be good. So whatever sin the the world's offering you this week, it's not worth, worth missing this over. Let's not miss it. Thanks for hanging in. Next week, chapter five, which we might, we might just do chapter five but I'd like to do chapter five and then go to the next book that was written, Galatians. So you read chapter five and you absorb it and then go to Galatians chapter one, you'll be ahead of the game and that would help tremendously. May God bless you and keep you, make his face to shine upon you, give you peace, your love, your kindness. It allows this to happen.